Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. Please welcome your host, Matt Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Matt Lombardo Show right here inside Fansided Stacking the Box podcast feed. I'm Matt Lombardo. Great to have you here. What a week across the NFL. What a wild, topsy-turvy week 18 that we had. And it all comes down to this. The beginning of the NFL postseason, the beginning of the NFL playoffs. We have a big show on tap. A little bit later on, we'll chat with former New York Giants Super Bowl winning wide receiver Victor Cruz. Get his thoughts on the upcoming playoff games. His thoughts on the state of the New York Giants, especially after the Giants move on from Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge this week. We'll be joined by FIU running back and NFL draft hopeful Devontae Price. We'll get into some of the Black Monday firings across the NFL and how those jobs are viewed inside the league and out and of course we're going to preview each and every game this weekend what each team has to do to win and a whole lot more but before we get into all of it just as always a little bit of housekeeping for you if you enjoy the podcast please go ahead and subscribe in the apple podcast store youtube spotify soundcloud spreaker wherever you get your podcast fan side is stacking the box nfl podcast you get two really great nfl podcasts for the price of none you get matt verderam and mark carmen every Every Tuesday and each Friday you get the Matt Lombardo show in your phone, in your laptop, in your tablet, however you listen to podcasts. And if this is your favorite NFL podcast, if you wait for Fridays to get the Matt Lombardo show, if you enjoy my work, if you read me on fansided.com every week, if you follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL, if you like the analysis, if you enjoy the guests, please Go into the Apple Podcast Store, leave a five-star review for Stacking the Box, and mention the Matt Lombardo Show. It really helps grow the show. Let me know your Super Bowl pick. We know who's advanced this far. We know who's in the playoffs. Who survives? Who's there on Super Bowl Sunday? Who's holding the Lombardi Trophy? Leave a five-star review for Stacking the Box. Mention the Matt Lombardo Show. Give me your Super Bowl pick. We'll read it on the other side. It should be a lot of fun, especially next week. If somebody picks a team that goes down this weekend. Now let's just get right into it because I think this weekend is going to be really exciting. The wild card round is always unpredictable. Everybody talks about the divisional round being the best weekend on the NFL calendar. The wild card weekend would like a word. Especially now that we get a game on Monday night. But I think that when you look at each of these teams, you can make a pretty compelling argument for all of the AFC teams. Except for maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers going to a Super Bowl this year. We'll get into that a little bit later. I don't know that it's that stacked on the NFC side because I think there's a a much larger separation between teams like the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Cowboys than everybody else. But you get really great games this this weekend every year. And the first one out of the shoot on Saturday afternoon, it's a great one. Bengals-Raiders, especially after everything that happened last week and over the last two weeks, it's Joe Burrow's first playoff game. 
It's Jamar Chase's first playoff game. And it's Joe Burrow's first time back on the field since he got hurt in the final moments of that upset win against Kansas City in Cincinnati. And I look on the other side. I look at the Raiders, especially after how they got in last week after that physically and emotionally draining overtime win over the Los Angeles Chargers. Hey, by the way, Brandon Staley's biggest mistake in that game? Calling a timeout in the waning moments. Because I think it put just enough doubt in Rich Bashada's head that they would actually play for the tie, the Chargers would, that the Raiders decided they needed to go for it. They needed to kick that field goal to go for the win. And I think Staley, in a lot of ways, cost his team a playoff berth, which is a real shame because I think that Justin Herbert in the postseason this year would have been a real treat. I think he would have, would have been one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the postseason tournament this year, and you're not going to see it. But anyway, this game, Raiders and Bengals, I kind of wonder if after everything the Raiders had to do last week, if they're just not shot, if, if they're just not emotionally drained enough to get up for this game. It's the postseason, it's the playoffs, you're going to get up for that game regardless. But I just wonder if the Bengals are a little bit more fresh. I think they're the more talented team. I certainly wonder what's going to happen with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase getting back on the field together for the first time since Week 17. And in that game against Kansas City, remember, they combined for 266 yards and three touchdowns. You know, I talked about the Bengals two weeks ago, and I felt, and I still feel that way right now, that if there's like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this playoff round, if there's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this NFC postseason who has to play on wildcard weekend and can make a run, I think it's the Bengals. I love their brand of football. I love the star power that they have on offense. Their defense seems to be getting better as the season goes along. Their brand of football, it's built to travel this time of year. They have the elite quarterback. They have the explosive offense. They can run the ball to shorten the game. I think they beat the Raiders maybe a little bit easily. I don't know how close this game is going to be. It might be the biggest blowout of the weekend. And that takes us to the second game on Saturday night, an AFC doubleheader. You know, you have the Patriots, you have the Bills. Think back to that game in Buffalo, early December. It's windy as hell. It's snowing. And it was one of the games of the year. It was one of the most anticipated games of the year. And it's a game plan that a lot of people are still talking about with Bill Belichick completely committing to the ground game. And I wonder, going into this game in Buffalo, what Mac Jones has in the tank. Because he's only 6-3 and three on the road this year in his rookie season, including that wild night in Buffalo. They won the game, but Belichick only asked him to throw three passes in that game. They took the ball completely out of his hands, and rightfully so. It was the kind of game plan he needed on that night against that team. But he's a much different quarterback at home than he is going on the road. When you're throwing six of your 13 interceptions away from home and you have to go on the road in your first playoff game, that's a tall order as it is, but it's an even tougher test when you're playing a team like Buffalo because only the Patriots and the Cowboys have more interceptions this year than the Bills 19. I think on the other side of the ball, Josh Allen has the chance to have a signature performance. You're not going to have the wind. It's going to be a high of zero degrees, so it's going to be frigid, but it's not going to be windy. You know, he has Stephon Diggs. He has Cole Beasley. They can run the ball a little bit up there. They can run the ball with Josh Allen. Look, I know Bill Belichick is the ultimate equalizer. I know he's a wild card, and I don't want to bet against Bill Belichick in the postseason. But I think this has the chance to be the most competitive game of the weekend. I think Josh Allen is the difference. You win when you have the better quarterback this time of year. For a large swath of this season, 
Josh Allen was an MVP candidate. I think he finds some of that magic in a big game at home in front of their fans. I think the Bills get it done. And then over on the NFC side, you kick off on Sunday afternoon, Eagles-Buccaneers. It's going to be a really fascinating game. Everyone talks about Tampa's ability to stop the run, right? They've held opponents to just 93 yards on the ground per game. But you got to remember, the Buccaneers were leading most of the way in most of their games all season. Six of the 13 wins were by 14 points or more, so you weren't running the ball if you were playing Tampa Bay in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And you look on the other side, nobody in the NFL ran the ball more effectively or more dominantly than the Eagles did, averaging 150 yards rushing per game, and they rushed for 200 more yards on the season than the Colts did. Think about that. That's a two 100-yard rushing performance from a running back better than the second best running team in the league. They're going to need to commit to the running game early and often and stick with it, even if they fall behind by an early touchdown. Because here's the problem for Philadelphia. I don't think that they can win this game only because, especially down the stretch in big games in Washington, a big game at home in primetime against Washington, we've seen the Eagles be notoriously slow starters in big games. And we've seen Jalen Hurts just flick a switch and turn into a incredibly effective second half quarterback, a guy that could put a team on his back and go and win that game. But I don't know that that holds up against Tom Brady. I don't know that you can dig yourself into a hole against Tom Brady when he has Mike Evans and he has Rob Gronkowski and he has Leonard Fournette and that defense is playing at the level that it is down the stretch of this season. But here's the here's the issue. If the Eagles jump out to an early lead, if they go up 7-0, 10-3, and they can commit to running the ball, and they can commit to shortening the game, and they can post 175 rushing yards, they're going to have a real chance. I think Tampa wins, but if there's a team this weekend on upset alert more than anybody else, I think it's Tampa Bay because the Eagles can run the ball. They can do what a lot of teams can't on defense, and that's provide steady, relentless, A-gap pressure up the middle on Tom Brady if they get a lead early the Eagles do look out because they can shorten the game they've shown they can do it all year Dallas San Francisco that's going to be a lot of fun Micah Parsons first playoff game he's back for the Cowboys and that Dallas defense has been dominant all season long but I don't know if the Cowboys offense is firing on all cylinders it's going to have to against San Francisco especially with what we saw late with what Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel did taking control of that game in Los Angeles in a win in your in scenario in overtime they get the job done Debo Samuel might be the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. I think Dallas wins, but it's not going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. And we'll get into Pittsburgh, Kansas City a lot more on the other side because I kind of want to get Victor Cruz's perspective on this game. I want to get his thoughts because of all the receiver talent on both sides, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster coming back for Pittsburgh. You know, this is going to come down to strength on strength. The most dominant, explosive, speedy offense in the league with the best quarterback walking the planet leading the way with Patrick Mahomes against T.J. Watt and a really dominant Pittsburgh front seven. Can T.J. Watt and the Steelers defense provide enough pressure and force Mahomes into enough mistakes to make a difference? That's going to decide this game, and I just don't see it. Kansas City is a 13-point favorite for a reason. They have home field advantage in this game for a reason. They did what they needed to do down the stretch to get in. The game is in Arrowhead, a tough, tough place to play. After a slow start to the season on defense and kind of some, you know, fits and starts on offense, 
they look like the Chiefs again. I thought they looked a little bit unmotivated against Denver last week in a game that they didn't necessarily have to win, but they won for the sake of playoff positioning. I think they've found their mojo. I think they've become the Chiefs again, and I just don't think the Steelers are good enough, and certainly Ben Roethlisberger at this stage of his career at this point has what it takes to win this game. Look, if you're a Steelers fan, Pittsburgh's going to have to score 27, 30 points or more to win this game. I don't see Ben Roethlisberger having the ability to do that against that defense on the road. This has blowout city written all over it. I don't think this game is close. I think it's a two-score win or more for Kansas City. Uh, and, And that's just how I see it. And finally, You know, if you've listened to this podcast all year, if you've read my columns every week, every Wednesday on fansided.com, you know how I feel about the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're wildly inconsistent. They're really banged up at this point with DeAndre Hopkins on the shelf, with TJ Watt banged up on defense. Going into LA against Matthew Stafford playing in the biggest game of his career so far after what he did last week and after watching Odell Beckham Jr. kind of heat up with two touchdowns over the last three games. I think there's just too much firepower on that Rams offense. I think they're playing at a high enough level right now that they can withstand whatever counterpunch Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are able to throw at them in this game. I just don't see it. I think the Rams are too good, and I think Los Angeles wins this by at least a touchdown. It's going to be a really good game, but I just don't think that Arizona has what it takes to pull off the upset here. So for those keeping score at home, for my picks, give me the Bengals, give me the Bills, Give me the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Rams, which is funny. I went all chalk. I don't have an upset. When you think about it, it's kind of silly going into wildcard weekend because underdogs are 6-2 and two over the past two seasons on wildcard weekend. But I just think the favorites this weekend are, are too good. I mean, I can make a case that any of them can go to a Super Bowl and maybe even win it. So it's going to be fascinating. They're going to be great games. On the other side, we'll chat with former New York Giants Super Bowl winning wide receiver Victor Cruz, get his thoughts on the games this weekend, some of the best young receivers in the league, and a whole lot more. Keep it locked right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, inside Fanside Stacking the Box podcast feed. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome back into the Matt Lombardo Show. And joining us, courtesy of Frito-Lay and PepsiCo, New York Giants legend, Super Bowl champion, wide receiver Victor Cruz. Victor, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, happy to have you here. And the playoffs are about to get underway this weekend. And underdogs are 6-2 and two over the last two years on Wild Card Weekend. Who does Victor Cruz have on upset alert this weekend? Ooh, man. Who do I have on upset alert? I have um, actually have the Patriots winning over the Bills. Um, I think that, you know, Bill Belichick in these, certain, in these circumstances just knows how to get his team in position uh, to win football games. And it's going to be cold and it's going to be... Uh, not so windy from what I heard, but it's going to be cold and you got to make sure that you're prepared to go out there and be ready for war. I mean, it's the playoffs is one game and you're done. And um, if I had to bank on one coach to win me one game, um, I have to go with Bill. A high of zero degrees. I'm not sure I'd want to be Josh Allen in that situation, even though they're at home. Uh, Victor, I want to get your thoughts on your former team a little bit here because, you know, they fired Joe Judge this week. They've missed the postseason nine of 10 times since you guys won Super Bowl 46, five straight losing seasons. And I guess the big picture question is, 
has John Mara forgotten what it takes to win in the NFL or what do they need to do differently as an organization to get back on track? No, I don't think he's forgotten how to win. I think it's just, um, you know, between the litany of injuries over the years, untimely injuries and, and, and just the way the team has been shaping out over the years, obviously different coaches, different cultures, different energies being brought in. I think they just need to take their time and find the right guy for the job this time. You know, I think they just, need to figure out where this team is moving forward, what type of talent do they want to attract here, and who's the best guy for the position to bring in said talent and bring in the guys that they want to bring in in order to be competitive, in order to be successful. I think that's where they have to start. And it starts with the GM. Obviously, uh, I think they've started that process already. And then by when you get your GM, you get your coach, and that's what's going to bring it all together and bring this team together and just start to build a new culture to get these guys on the same page because – what you want to see, especially towards the end of a season, especially on a team that's only won four games, is you want to see a level of passion or opportunity, you know, opportunistic um, emotions out there, guys playing for their team, playing for their families. But you kind of didn't see that the last couple of weeks with the Giants. You kind of saw kind of just going through the motions, just trying to get out unscathed kind of thing. And I think that's, at least for me, that's what left the kind of a bad taste in my mouth this year. For sure. And Victor's brought to us by Flamin' Hot and Lay's presence at the Super Bowl. PepsiCo has assembled some of the best game day brands from its Frito-Lay snacks and PepsiCo beverages on the road to the Super Bowl campaign. Victor, is Daniel Jones the quarterback to get the Giants back on the road to the Super Bowl? Man, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I think I don't think they've seen enough. I don't think they've seen enough from with a full sample size, with a good offensive line, him standing up right now being flushed out of the pocket, um, you know, consistently. I think they haven't seen enough of a sample of him yet. And I, But I do think next year is the year. I, I think next year he's either going to prove who he is who he is or, or the Giants are just going to go in a different direction. But do I think he has the tools to do so? I think he does. I think he has enough elusiveness, and you know, outside of the pocket to make things happen. I think he has enough arm strength. I think he needs to work on his decision-making and turning the ball over. But I think overall, I think he has the tools to um, to be the guy. It's just a matter of does he want to do that and is he going to make the necessary changes? And let's look at some of the teams that are on the road to the Super Bowl starting this weekend. Cincinnati Bengals versus Raiders is fascinating to me, especially how Vegas got in with everybody talking about the tie scenario in play. They go in, they kick the game-winning field goal. But the two guys that I have my eye on in that game are Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, a guy who's playing your former position maybe at the highest level as anybody in the league right now. What stands out about Jamar Chase for you? And is he already the best receiver in the league? I think he is the best receiver in the league, at, at least this year, man. I, I mean, he's got no argument for me there. I think the biggest thing that that I love about him is obviously he's got all the talent, right? He can catch the ball, he can run, he can stop and start with the best of them. But I just think when you watch him play, there's just a level of confidence there. You know what I mean? Like there's a level of almost arrogance that like, I know I'm new here. I know I haven't, you know, you guys haven't seen me much. I know I'm just, you know, in my first year here and doing my thing, but I can play and I can play at the highest level and I can outdo all of y'all out here. And, and you can kind of feel that, you know, when he's playing. And that's what, that's probably what I love the most about him. And on the NFC side, Niners versus Cowboys is going to be a great game, in my opinion. The Cowboys have all the star power on offense, Dak, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, playmakers. But with Micah Parsons in that defense, they've been punching above their weight all year. Debo Samuel on the other side might be the most underrated player. We talk about Jamar Chase being the best receiver. Debo might be the most underrated receiver in the league. What do the Niners need to do to pull off an upset in Dallas? 
they got to stay ahead of the change, stay ahead, stay, stay uh, you know, keep a lead in the game, stay ahead of the curve, because that team is designed and built to play with the lead. I, I don't think they're designed for Jimmy Garoppolo to drop back 25 times, 30 times and make plays with his arm. I think they run the ball especially well. I think they do a ton of misdirection that leaves defenses kind of off balance and off kilter every time. But I think they need to figure out how to maintain a lead and stay in that lead and stay in control of the game. Because if not, if they're playing from, you know, two scores down and Jimmy has to drop back and make plays with his arm consistently, then um, they could be in for a long night. And, you know, last year it was Tampa Bay came out of nowhere in a lot of ways through wildcard weekend. Who is this year's Buccaneers that can kind of shock the world and go on a run? Oh, man, I think um, for me, I think it's the Steelers. I think wow, um, really. I think um, I know they're playing the Chiefs. I understand and I get it. But I, I I just think that Ben and that team can really do some things. And defensively, they've done a good job up front of, of just keeping def- uh, offensive honest, getting after the quarterback. I think the Steelers can make a run. If they can play the way they were playing the last few weeks of the season and Big Ben can be himself, I think they can make a little run. TJ Watt in that defense could really make things difficult for Patrick Mahomes, that's for sure. Uh, Victor, tell me how your partnership with Pepsi came about and what you guys have planned for this postseason. Oh, man, Pepsi, uh, PepsiCo Beverages and Frito-Lay reached out to me to be a part of this program, be a part of this initiative in this spot with legends like Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw, Jerome Bettis. I mean, I was completely humbled to be part of this list of, uh, of juggernauts in this ad. And just to be part of it, was incredible. And I had so much fun on set. These guys are incredible, hilarious. Obviously, I've known Eli for years, but to see him in that setting, just, you know, the banter we have on set, him joking constantly all the time, uh, it was really a lot of fun. And hopefully it brings a lot of fun and happiness to uh, to, to living rooms all across the country uh, while, while the playoffs are going strong. I heard in the Super Bowl commercial that not only does it star the bus, Jerome Bettis, but, but there's a bus? There is a, the bus has a bus okay <laughs> so you got to stay tuned for that you got to go see it and um you got to see if eli actually gets on the bus because i don't think i don't think peyton wanted him to very much <laughs> yeah you know what I, that doesn't surprise me at all when victor cruz has his super bowl spread and you got your friend your friends and family over at the super bowl party what are the essentials what has to be there oh man i mean there has to be doritos there has to be tostitos and salsa right there has to be mountain dew there has to be pepsi I mean, I just need the works. I just need everything that's going to make uh, my football watching experience that much better. And obviously, Frito-Lay and PepsiCo beverages, they take care of it. All right, I, I'd be remiss if we're talking Super Bowl, we're talking playoffs, we're talking Pepsi. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Right now, the playoffs are getting underway. Who will be in L.A. on Valentine's weekend? Oh, man, I got – um. who do I got? I'm going to go with I'm – going, I'm going Patriots – Packers and I'm going Packers with the win. I'm going Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers gets his second Super Bowl victory. Um and and um hopefully he doesn't retire and comes back and plays for for five more years or something crazy. But I got Green Bay winning the Super Bowl this year. Victor Cruz riding the New England Patriots bus through Buffalo <laughs> all the way to the Super Bowl against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It'd be a hell of a game, a hell of a chess match between Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick. Victor, appreciate the time. Look forward to talking to you further up the road, my man. And everybody needs to check out Frito Lay and PepsiCo and everything they have going on for the Super Bowl. I will be glued to the TV for the, the bus, Victor Cruz, Terry Bradshaw, Eli Manning spot. It sounds like a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you again, man. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it.
It's always a lot of fun catching up with Victor Cruz, and certainly his thoughts on the New York Giants and the uncertainty surrounding Daniel Jones' future is worth exploring a little bit later on down the line, especially after the Giants have moved on from Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge this week, two of his bigger proponents in that entire building. It's going to be a fascinating offseason for the Giants and really a litmus test for John Mara and his ability to build a winning organization in a modern NFL. But I just want to zero in a little bit here on some of the things Victor said about the wildcard playoffs this weekend, the teams that are on upset alert, what it will mean for the rest of the postseason run. And I think it's kind of interesting he mentions that the Buffalo Bills could be on upset alert and certainly... I believe that as well, especially after what New England did earlier this season on a windy Monday night going into Buffalo, taking the air completely out of the football, not even trying to throw it with Mac Jones, winning that game in what felt like a statement game of the best of what the New England Patriots do, especially this time of year, running the football, playing great defense, big performances in clutch moments. It doesn't get any bigger than this. But then you look at what Victor said about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I, I just don't see it. You know, obviously, if T.J. Watt and that front seven have the kind of performance that they did a couple weeks ago against the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, but it's a whole different bear doing that at home with minimal playoff implications and going on the road against arguably the most dynamic and most complete and most dangerous offense in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, listen... The Chiefs have been wildly inconsistent this year, right? They started out with their defense really, you know, struggling. They started out with their, you know, offense kind of trying to refine an identity after losing the Super Bowl last year. And even last week against the Denver Broncos, for stretches of that game, large swaths of that game, I don't know that they looked all that motivated. But I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're going into Arrowhead or anywhere in this postseason, if, if they wind up playing the Tennessee Titans or if the Bengals make a little bit of a run here, you're going to need to play a perfect game like Cincinnati did, especially late a couple weeks ago, to beat Kansas City. But my overarching point about these playoffs, especially in the AFC, is that I can make an argument for three or four teams, maybe five, that could go to the Super Bowl, that it's just that wide open, that it's just that good. And I talked to a scout last week who told me that in his years of working in the NFL, working in the AFC, that he's never seen the AFC bracket this wide open. I mean, think about it. Would anybody be surprised if the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes made it to the Super Bowl or if Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, as well as they're playing on offense right now, if they made a run? Tennessee is the number one seed. They have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think they're an, an underwhelming number one seed. I think they're very beatable, especially if you can get to Ryan Tannehill and force him into mistakes. Because I think that as much as this time of year is defined by defense, you need to have an elite quarterback. And I don't know that I put Ryan Tannehill in that conversation. I don't think that Tennessee has a really overwhelming home field advantage. I can make an argument that the Buffalo Bills go to a Super Bowl because of how complete they are on offense and how dominant they are on defense. Top five in offense, top five in defense. That's a very lethal combination, especially this time of year. I think the AFC is far more competitive, that you can make a far stronger argument for any, of no, any number of those teams going to the Super Bowl, whereas in the NFC, at least in my opinion, it's the Green Bay Packers, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's the Dallas Cowboys, and everybody else. I, I just think those three teams are a cut above the rest of that side of the bracket, whereas in the AFC, 
I can make an argument for any number of those teams winning the conference and going to the Super Bowl. So I can't wait for those games. On the other side, we're going to chat with Florida international running back Devontae Price. He's looking ahead to the NFL draft. We'll pick his brain on the pre-draft process, some running backs that he molds his game after, and what to expect from him in the coming months. Keep it locked right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, inside fan-sided Stack in the Box podcast feed. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back into the Matt Lombardo Show, and this should be a lot of fun. I love chatting with NFL draft hopefuls this time of year, especially guys that are about to go on the circuit, the combine, the senior bowl, all of that. And joining us right now is FIU running back Devonta Price. You can follow him on Twitter at DRE underscore I-Z-Z-L-E underscore 24. Devonta, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, man? I'm great. Looking forward to the conversation. Appreciate having you here. You know, yes. you're coming out of FIU, which it's a small school, but it's produced some really high-end NFL talent over the years. Guys like T.Y. Hilton, Jonu Smith, Jonathan Cyprian, some, you know, star players in the NFL. Just curious, have those guys kind of reached back and offered any advice about how to succeed in this pre-draft process? Um, yes, uh, I've spoken to John New a couple of times before. He's reached out to me, you know, not necessarily just talking about the process, just, you know, reaching out to me, seeing if I'm okay. You know, we had actually signed to the same agency too. So, you know, that's pretty exciting. But, you know, other than that, you know, the, uh, Stanley Thomas, I talked to him, you know, we have, we grew up together actually kind of. So I talked to him and he, you know, he kind of put me on a rundown of how things go in the league and how the uh, draft process is going to go and things like that. So, you know, I'm grateful for him. And a big game for John Smith coming up this weekend, Patriots, Bills, and the NFL playoffs. I assume that you've got your your Patriots jersey ready to go? (laughs) I all got a Patriots jersey, but John knew he got a fan in me, man. Love it. So, you know, there have been a lot of players who have come out of small schools before, What's the challenge for you to get your name out there and get coaches to look at you maybe the same way that they look at guys that come from Power Five programs, for for instance? Um, the challenge is I I feel like people look at lower conference schools and just feel like we don't play the the talent level that the higher schools play, so they kind of just look over us, you know. And obviously that's not the case, you know. We can play with anybody anybody who steps on the field, so. That, I feel like that's just the only thing that that's negative about small schools. We just get we just get overlooked because they feel like the talent isn't isn't the same. But you know, and you've shown. I mean, averaging something like five point two yards per carry this year. You know, early in your career, you're a real threat out of the backfield catching the ball. How valuable is that versatility for you to your skill set as you go through this? Uh, that's very valuable. You know, I feel like that's that sets me apart from any other running back. You know. In the league, you know, you have to be able to catch out the backfield. You have to be able to go in the slot or like one man sometimes and catch the ball. So, you know, you can't just be a one-trick pony. You got you to be able to do it all. So, you know, I feel like I do it all. You know, I put my game to that and, you know, I, I do it. So, And you're a big dude. You're, like, you're six foot two, so you kind of have the frame of a, a smallish wide receiver in the backfield. 
Is there a running back who in the NFL that you pattern your your game after? Uh, there's actually two of them. I kind of, you know, mix them up. Uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Derek Henry. It's a pretty interesting mix. You got the the speedy, elusive, still physical Alvin Kamara and just, a, you know, a blunt force trauma in Derek Henry. You know, how are you able to mesh those two running styles when you're out there? Um, it's either uh, I'm either run past you or run, run, run you over. I mean, or just try to make you miss it. And I can do it all, honestly. You know, it's I'm not more fun. What do you enjoy more, running dudes over or, or making them look silly when you juke them out of their shoes? Uh, I, I enjoy making them look silly, you know, make them look, look stupid real quick, you know, something like that. But uh, like I said, I, you know, I can do, do both of them. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I feel like, you know, the more you add to your game, the, the better you'll be. So. And in today's NFL, you know, you see running backs who I'm not going to say their careers are cut short, but certainly it's a position where guys are injured at a higher rate. You know, the Saquon Barkley's, the Christian McCaffrey's guys that deal with these nagging injuries. You know, what's more important to a running back in today's league? Is, is it the speed? Is it the physicality? Is it the elusiveness? What what do you think that, that makes a running back elite that they have to do the best? Uh, what I feel it makes a running back elite, um, making making mostly making somebody miss at the second level. Once you get there, you got to be able to do that. If you you know, like I, my old coach, he said you got to earn your scholarship when you get past the second level. Uh, when you get to the second level, so you got to do that. So I feel like you got to be, got you got to be elusive. But I feel like you gotta you gotta have that mentality like nobody's gonna stop me. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna not at least not one person is going to bring me down. You know what I mean? If somebody's going to bring me down, it's going to be either two or three people. You know what I mean? So you just got to have that mindset where nobody's going to bring me down. If they do bring me down, it's going to, it's going to be a fight. And you ran track. So that obviously helps you with the speed and the explosiveness. But I, I got to imagine that that's a benefit for you when you get to the second level and you kind of shift into that next gear that maybe a linebacker or a defensive back might not have. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I love, I love that I can just run away from dudes, you know, and – uh, I get it. I get it a lot where people don't, they don't really, they look at me and they think, like, oh, you know, he, he, you know, he's not fast. He can't be fast. And then I run right past him. So I like that. You know, they, they dial me until I get on that field and do what I got to do. Yeah. You got the 40 speed, you got the game speed and it, and it matches, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, has there, anyone ever talked to you? I know you're going to Mobile. I know you're going to be at the senior bowl. Has anybody talked to you about just the impact that that all-star game has made for guys like you over the past decade? And once you're down there, what are you hoping to show coaches and scouts and executives that are going to be watching practices and having you in meetings and all of those things? Um, I know the senior bowl is important. Senior bowl, that's that's where you that's where you make your your name. I don't want to say you make your money. That's what that's where you make your name. That's where you you get known for at least dudes like me, you know, who like I said, dudes feel like can't compete with the with the power five schools and things like that. So I feel like that's gonna be an opportunity for me to show that. And also I Really, I would just like coaches see to know them to know you know whoever gets me they have a trustworthy dude you know what I mean somebody who they can count on just just things like that you know. And you came back for your senior year, obviously. You know, you you might have been able to get drafted last year. Did you put on tape and show what you were hoping to show in your season senior season? How much do you think you helped yourself by coming back? Uh, I think I, I helped myself. I think I helped myself uh, a good a good amount. I, I don't think I, I don't think I went down at all. I just, um, you know, things, season didn't go how it went, but you know, we, you know, 
things happen, but it, it's okay. I feel like my season w- was okay. I could have, obviously, I feel like I, I could have done better, could have produced more, but it's all good. I, I still feel I, this season didn't hurt me. You know what I mean? I feel, I actually feel like it helped me. It helped me out a lot. You know, my numbers wasn't as, as uh, they were last year, but I felt like I got to showcase things that I wasn't able to showcase um, my, my junior year. Like what? What do you think you built on this year? Uh, I think I built on uh, pass pro, pass blocking. Um, and it's huge. It's huge at the next level. Yeah, definitely. And just uh, like I, I've, I've been able to do it, but uh, running between tackles just showed you like I can I can still do this. It wasn't just one year where I was just you know I just had a good year. You know I can be consistent. And I think that the added equation to all of this, the added variable is NIL, name, image, and likeness is such a big thing now. You know, you kind of were at the back end of your college career when this became a, a major aspect of college sports. But because guys are now getting paid already, do you think that there's a chance that guys are going to stay in school that extra season because there isn't that rush to go get paid, especially if maybe they're not ready and they're worried about going and becoming a quote unquote bust as a rookie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely do think that's going to uh, begin to happen. I'm sorry, begin to happen. Uh because you know college college is a grind well for me it was you know you don't really you don't really see you don't see a lot of money you know and it's not about the money but you know you got to survive too so you know that nil money you know dudes have kids dudes have you know problems at home and stuff so that that nil money it 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 helped me it it was a blessing you know it came at the right time for me i have i have my son so yeah it it was a blessing for me you know what i mean i'm sure but i do feel it's 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 a good and a bad thing at the same time. Like you said, I do feel like dudes will take that and be like, you know, I got I got I'm getting paid already. Why do I have to go to the next next level? You know what I mean? I'm already here. I'm comfortable. I'm getting paid. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like that'll start happening. Take but, some I mean, of the pressure off. Yeah. And, yeah, and I also wonder if it's going to be big for schools like FIU and smaller programs that can kind of maybe level the playing field and get a couple of high school recruits, highly touted recruits to come that might not have even looked at FIU had it not been for the NIL money in the past. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like I feel like that's going to play a factor in too. You know, whatever school is going off you the most NIL money, that's where you're going to go to. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, outside of football, you've also launched your clothing line. You have some cool ventures going on. Tell me about it. Um, it's actually, um, it's my logo, uh, my logo that we made, me and my agent, we actually came up with it, uh, Sean there. Uh, I actually got I got to get you, I got to get you a final jacket for it. We got one of them right here, white one. It's just right here. Man, my, that's clean. I like that. I got my, I got my logo and I got a couple other ones where I got the logo big on the back. But yeah, I came up with, actually with the NIL stuff too. Uh, we, we were just like, you know, uh, that could be another way with, uh, another source of income so that 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 helped too that helped out too and you know a lot of people some uh supported me also when i dropped it so you know what i mean any 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 more support you know i can i'll, I'll take it that's phenomenal now obviously you know this is just a podcast you know fans listening getting to know Devonte price looking ahead to the nfl draft and all those fun things but the next time you're on a zoom like this it might be with an nfl gm it might be with a head coach if it were a head coach sitting on the other side, what would you want them to know about you? Um, like I said earlier in the um, interview, uh, that I'm a trustworthy dude. I'm honest. Uh, you can count on me, uh, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not selfish. 
I could, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help my team win. You know what I mean? Special teams, uh, change my position, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Do what I have to do to help uh, my team win. He's Devontae Price, FIU running back, NFL draft. Hopeful there's been a lot of fun, Devontae. You can follow him on Twitter at DRE underscore I-Z-Z-L-E underscore 24. Best of luck. Look forward to talking to you further up the road, my man, and maybe I'll catch up with you in Mobile. Thank you, my man. Definitely. Best of luck, my man. Devontae Price, certainly going to be a fun prospect to watch in Mobile at the Senior Bowl at the NFL Combine, coming off a 682-yard, six-touchdown season where he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Some team's going to get real good value, a really versatile back, and I'm excited to watch him start his career as the NFL draft approaches. And, you know, across the league on Monday, one of the toughest days on the NFL calendar is Black Monday every year. And it really has extended into Black Monday week. Forget Cyber Monday. Forget Black Friday lasting all through November. Black Monday in the NFL. You had firings on Monday. You had Joe Judge getting relieved of his duties on Tuesday by the New York Giants. And on Thursday, the Houston Texans move on from David Culley in a move that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because on one hand, you have the Houston Texans who went through this nightmare of a season with the Deshaun Watson situation hovering over their entire year like a dark cloud, all of the uncertainty at quarterback, all of the injuries, you're coming off of Bill O'Brien trading away the organization's most talented players over the last several years, what was David Culley supposed to do? So in a lot of ways, David Culley got a raw deal essentially as the interim coach for an entire season. Now Nick Casario and the Texans can go out and get their long-term solution. And that kind of got me thinking. What's the best case scenario for all of these jobs, especially in Houston, where you're going to have pretty much a total rebuild on your hands unless you can get Deshaun Watson back? If you can get Deshaun Watson, if he's cleared, of course, if he's cleared of all of his off-the-field legal issues and he's allowed to play in the NFL next year, if you can convince Deshaun Watson to come back to the Houston Texans, you're getting a top-10 quarterback in the league back and you can start to kind of build around him with a top pick in the NFL draft. So if you're the Houston Texans, your best case scenario right here is Brian Flores. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's had a modicum of success the last couple of years. He didn't go to the playoffs, but you saw the Dolphins play hard for him. They won eight of their last nine games this year. They had a similar winning streak last year as well. If you get Brian Flores and he can convince Deshaun Watson to come back, that's a grand slam in Houston in a division that there's only really one team that's all that competitive, and that's the Tennessee Titans. So that would be my best-case scenario if I were the Houston Texans. And you have the experience there with Nick Casario working with Brian Flores in New England. You look at Miami, Flores' former team. I don't know that you could get a better hire than Brian Dable from the Buffalo Bills, the offensive coordinator who's done wonders for Josh Allen. And this would be a great hire for Miami and a perfect fit, number one. Because I think when it comes to offensive-minded head coaches, Brian Dabble is candidate number one in this hiring cycle, bar none. I don't think they. I don't think there's a team out there looking for an offensive-minded head coach that could do a better job than Brian Dable. But number two, from a Miami Dolphins standpoint, you'd be pilfering a division rival. And the Bills this year had a top-five offense and a top-five defense. You take away the offensive coordinator who's been largely responsible for Josh Allen's development, and you bring him to South Beach. He coached Tua Tagovailoa at Alabama, and if you're moving forward with Tua, and that's one of the reasons why you moved on from Brian Flores, if Tua is your quarterback, there's not going to be a more influential coach that you can bring into Miami than 
Brian Dable, who knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses, knows what he is and what he can be. So if I'm the Dolphins, the full court press here is on Brian Dable, and he should be candidate number one, phone call number one, and really, they shouldn't let him leave Miami without a contract. The Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a really interesting job. It's one that I think people are going to be attracted to because of Trevor Lawrence. I think people are going to want to go there because there's a lot of young talent. But you talk to people inside the league, and I wrote a whole column about this on fansided.com this Wednesday. Go check it out. I surveyed half a dozen executives, a head coach, a GM, some assistant coaches on what the best job, the most attractive job is this cycle. And the issue with Jacksonville is people don't want to work with Trent Baalke, that having that general manager in place really limits your hiring pool. But if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm putting a full court press on Doug Peterson. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. I think Peterson has the ideal temperament for that market. He obviously has shown an ability to develop a young quarterback. Look what he did with Carson Wentz in his second year. For the Chicago Bears, it gets a little bit more complicated because I think that you need to get an offensive-minded head coach in there. The best case scenario, and while I think it's unlikely, is Ryan Day. And there are whispers around that Ryan Day might be open to leaving Ohio State. I think that's a little bit of a pipe dream. I think that's a little bit unrealistic. But if you can get Ryan Day, one of the premier, most accomplished college football coaches over the last five years, to leave Columbus and go to Chicago to reunite with Justin Fields, if you can make that happen, if you're the Bears, I think you fast-track your franchise. I think you fast-track your rebuild because optimism about Justin Fields inside the league is pretty high. And similar to Brian Dable going to Miami, you're not going to find a coach who knows more about Justin Fields or how to get more out of Justin Fields than Ryan Day. So that would be my best case scenario there. And if you're the Vikings, Nathaniel Hackett. You look, you already have all the talent on defense. You've had a defensive-minded head coach in Mike Zimmer for the last decade, and that kind of came off the rails over the last four years, missing the playoffs two of the last three and really underachieving over the latter half of Mike Zimmer's regime in Minnesota. But you don't know what you're doing at quarterback. If you have a veteran like Kirk Cousins, I think Hackett makes a lot of sense. You saw just how influential he's been over the last couple of years in getting Aaron Rodgers to play some of the best football of his career. He's Matt LaFleur's right-hand man in Green Bay. He is a bright offensive mind, and similar to what we were talking about in Miami, you'd be taking away a trusted confidant of a division rival. So if you can get Nathaniel Hackett and you are the Minnesota Vikings, whether you're moving ahead with Kirk Cousins or getting a young quarterback, there might not be a better coach suited for that situation than Nathaniel Hackett. And that brings you to the New York Giants, who I cover for GmenHQ.com on the Fansided Network. The Giants are in a really tough situation here because a lot of the teams that we mentioned are only hiring head coaches. The Giants... Dave Gettleman, they'd allowed him to announce his retirement on Monday. That basically took up a week of interviews where if they would have fired him after week 17 or earlier in the season, they could have done some due diligence and interviewed some candidates who are unemployed by teams, former executives, the like, broadcasters like Lewis Riddick, that sort of thing. And to John Mara's credit, they're casting a wide net of candidates outside of the organization. You can talk all you want about a clean slate and a fresh start in a lot of ways. I think John Mara is trying to do that. I just don't think he knows how to go all the way. Because if you still have Chris Mara and you still have Tim McDonald, the nephew of John Mara, both with input over personnel, and the new general manager is coming in and he's going to be the one receiving that input and that data and those evaluations from people who are related to John Mara, 
I don't know how objective you can be as a GM and the Giants are empowering their general manager to hire the head coach. So they're going to need to go through all of those general manager interviews before even getting to talk to head coaching candidates. I don't know how attractive the Giants job really is at this point. They've lost 100 games since 2012. They've missed the playoffs five of the last five years and eight of the last nine. They've had double-digit losses each of the last five years. They have no cap space, under $3 million in cap space entering this offseason. A lot of uncertainty at quarterback because you still don't know what Daniel Jones is. An offensive line where you're going to need to replace four starters in a pretty good division where the Eagles and Cowboys are both leaps and bounds ahead of where you are. So I don't know how attractive the Giants job is. I'll give you a best case and kind of a worst case scenario that wouldn't be all that bad for the Giants. I think the best case scenario is Kellen Moore. The Dallas Cowboys offense has been prolific. I know it's a little bit of a tough sell because the Giants just fired offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, who was the former Cowboys head coach. But Kellen Moore has a track record. He's done it a number of places. He's a guy who has shown that he can, you know, get the most out of an offense that he's found a way to get star players to buy in and the giants have some star players if they don't move on from saquon barkley which they should probably explore trading him you have kenny galladay you have Kadarius tony you have saquon if he's still there getting all those guys to buy in and mesh and within a system within a scheme that's pretty important and i think the cowboys offense has been a model of that for the last several years a worst case scenario and it's not even all that bad, I think, as promoting Patrick Graham and making him the head coach. Look, I like Patrick Graham. I think he has a great temperament to be a head coach. The players clearly play hard for him. Randy Mueller, the former NFL executive of the year, tweeted last week that the Giants' best asset is Patrick Graham, and losing him would be a big mistake. You don't have the opportunity to make him the head coach, but I think it's a tough sell because the Giants are coming off a year where they're 20th in total defense. They allowed 25 points per game. That doesn't scream to me a guy who's going to be an instant impact head coach, and you're going to need to nail your offensive coordinator hire based on all of the issues on offense. Similar to Miami with a young quarterback, similar to Jacksonville, I really think the Giants need to go offense here, whether it's Dable, whether it's Kellen Moore, whether it's Nathaniel Hackett or another up-and-coming offensive coordinator. They need an offensive mind because their offense has been a mess for the last three years. That's all the time we have. Thanks to Victor Cruz for dropping by. Thanks to FIU running back Devonta Price for joining us. And of course, thanks as always to Fansided's Cole Thompson, who does a tremendous job getting this podcast up and running each and every week. I'm Matt Lombardo. Enjoy wildcard weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. Keep an eye out for the column on Wednesday. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to Stacking the Box in the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all of your favorite podcast platforms. I'll talk to you next week, and we'll preview the divisional round of the NFL playoffs right here on the Matt Lombardo Show. I'll talk to you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.